your Locked On Panthers, your daily podcast on the Florida Panthers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Monday, July 26th edition of Locked On Panthers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. This is a daily podcast where we talk about all things Florida Panthers. I'm Ramondo Velez from PantherParkway.com. You can follow me on Twitter at MondoMan12. You can follow the show account on Twitter at LO underscore FLA Panthers. You can follow the Crosscheck NHL show with Andrew Berkshire and Mary Clark. And today's episode is brought to you by the Locked On NHL Podcast. You need more hockey news, and Locked On NHL is here to fill the gap. It's our daily podcast on everything happening in the NHL. Subscribe and listen each day for a quick look at the biggest stories and expansion draft, NHL entry draft recaps each day, and recaps of the upcoming NHL free agency period. Subscribe to Locked On NHL today, wherever you get podcasts. And what a great weekend for the NHL. What a great weekend for the Florida Panthers. And based on, I have so much to talk about that we're going to have to put this into two episodes based on everything that I have to talk to you about. Today, we're going to talk about first round pick of the Florida Panthers. We're going to talk about a major trade that the Florida Panthers made, and I'm going to go on a little bit of a rant in the final segment of this show. But also, I'm going to start off with a mini rant to start off the show that, yeah, ESPN has the 2020 NHL draft on their airwaves on ESPN2, but it was on ESPN2. Out of curiosity, I was trying to see what they were playing on ESPN that could possibly overshadow and overrule what would be more important than producing and airing the 2021 NHL entry draft. And it was a basketball tournament that's not even NBA related. I think it's TBT, I think it's called. I have no idea what it is. So I might sound a little ignorant and I apologize to anyone listening to this if I sound ignorant to it. But you're putting a, a a league that's one of the four major sports. Yeah, they just acquired it, so maybe the programming didn't work as far as airing it, as far as the timing goes. But still, this is a one of the four major sports in the U.S. and Canada. So I think if ESPN is going to acquire it, that they should put it on the main airwaves because the expansion draft show, based on the broadcast, it wasn't the best, it wasn't the most... It was entertaining, but as far as the value of the product there, I didn't think it was the best of what they could have done to produce a show for the fans. And that also, the expansion draft there was also on ESPN2. So all I got to say is if you're going to acquire one of the four major sports, put it on the main network. There wasn't really anything much going on on the, the regular ESPN channel. So if you really care about the NHL, put it there. So. For me, in my opinion, ESPN's not off to the greatest of starts when it comes to their time as the main TV rights holder for the NHL. But going back to the NHL and the NHL entry draft, 
The Florida Panthers had the 24th pick. You know, it took a while, but like I said weeks ago, this is the position that you want to be as a franchise. It means you're a contender. It means that you are not in this limbo of being a lottery team, being a top 10 pick, being... So with the Panthers, again, they are in great position to still get a guy, develop them, and hopefully they make their way to the roster in maybe two to three years in, with the 24th pick. As far as players who would go into an NHL caliber roster right away, those are mostly the lottery picks or even the top 10 picks Some, some for some of them. Some of them might even go back to school. Like, for, for example, the first overall pick, Owen Power of the Buffalo Sabres, he's likely going to go back to the University of Michigan this year. And speaking of the University of Michigan, the Florida Panthers with their 24th pick selected from the University of Michigan a commit of the University of Michigan, Mackie Zemoskevich. So in case you're not subscribed to Locked on NHL and the uh, Locked on NHL Twitter page, we, each of the Locked on hosts, made our picks for the 2021 NHL entry draft and take a look at this listen from when, I, when my turn was up for the Florida Panthers. This is Armando Velez from the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast, making the pick for the Florida Panthers at number 24 in this 2021 Locked On NHL mock draft. And with the 24th pick, the Florida Panthers are pleased to select center Mackie Semoskevich. Semoskevich averaged just over a point a game in his final season with the USHL Chicago Steel. He is committed to play this year at the University of Michigan this upcoming season. Semoskevich's game is more as a distributing center. He is a great puck handler and one great thing about his play is that he is a playmaker. He finds the open teammates. He knows how to create space in the offensive zone. So it makes him the right pick in this situation as the Florida Panthers in this situation are going best player available at number 24. So Mackie Semoskevich is the pick here for the Florida Panthers. There you have it. That's the pick for the Florida Panthers there at number 24. And not to toot my own horn, but great to get that one right for the Florida Panthers. And according to Elite Prospect, it says that Mackie Semoskevich is a center, but he is more than capable of playing the wings. So Semoskevich brings to the table some versatility when it comes to his play. And here are some of the things that the scouts say about Semoskevich's play. This one is from Mitch Brown. Quote, I think in terms of pure skill, he's one of the best players in the draft class. Incredibly manipulative. His hands are fantastic. His habits are strong too. He's not just dangling through someone. He's setting them up by working one way and then going the other. And then he immediately skates back into the recovery route. So they have no chance of getting the puck back off him. Close quote. David St. Louis says, quote, he's super aware of his space too. He's always looking to see where a defender is so he gets the puck. He knows what he has to do. And that's super projectable because he's not that good of a skater. Close quote. Mitch Brown says, quote, Semoskevich's skating skills are more impressive than his actual mechanics. Sure, his stride looks really 
rough. But the way he can make those in tight jams turns where he sticks that leg out and swings his hip around it. He's really explosive in those situations. It's pretty uncommon thing for a guy to not be as mechanically sound. But to have his incredible amount of skill development on top of it, I don't see his skating being as much of an issue. It's minor when you have a player as dynamic as he is and uniquely skilled as he is. There are very few players that can handle the puck at full speed like he can. Close quote. So like those scouts said in the Elite Prospects draft guide, skating isn't his biggest strength. Um, his draft grade as far as skating is a 5. His shooting is a 5.5. His passing is a 6.5. Puck handling is 7. Hockey sense is 6. Physicality is a 4. That's the lowest one. And these are out of 9, like I said a few episodes ago when I was going over some of the draft prospects for this 2021 draft. So He's going back to the university. He's excuse me. He's going to the University of Michigan. He's a commit. He will be playing his first year there this upcoming season. And he's only he's not even 19 yet. So he's 18 years old. So he has plenty of time to develop. He's 5'11, 180 centimeters, 190 pounds, 86 kilometers, right-handed shot. So for Semoskevich, there's a little bit of time for him to develop his skill. So he's ranked, he was ranked number 19th originally in the Elite Prospect draft guide. But even though the skating isn't the best and he might not have the best speed, as far as, it, like, like they said, with the way he angles his body, it can fool a lot of defenders in order that he's think, thinking that he's going to go one way, when in reality he's setting up another player to possibly score. And like I said in the NHL mock draft audio that you just heard, he is a playmaker. He's more of an assist kind of player than he is a goal scorer. Like, so average a point a game, 37 points in his final season with the Chicago Steel. 13 goals, 24 assists. So almost 10 more assists than he has goals. So I tweeted this in the Locked On Florida Panthers account that think of it like a Jonathan Huberdo, more of a distributing type of center or wing then you will see as a goal scorer so when you have when in the future when you have multiple players that can set up others then that's a benefit that you could have on this team and like i said it'll take him a while to for him to be up in the nhl so there's no rush to bring Semoskevich to the nhl and, and I think of value when it comes to this. The Florida Panthers and a lot of their fans, of course, probably wanted to see a defenseman in this situation at number 24. But as far as best player available, maybe the, they probably didn't see a defenseman that they liked in at this pick for the Panthers. And we're going to go over the rest of the draft in the... Next episode of Locked On Panthers, I'm going to focus more on the first round and some of the trades that happened in this episode. But they picked up some defensive depth in the farm in the rest of the draft. So just because you don't get a defenseman in this position of the draft doesn't mean that it's the end of the world. You might find a diamond in the rough. You might not. Uh, Mackenzie Weaker, let's not forget, he was a seventh round pick. And look, what, look how he's turned out. 
Not everyone's going to be Mackenzie Weaker, though. I understand that. But keep it in perspective. A lot of Florida Panther fans, from what I was seeing on Twitter, were not pleased that they didn't get a defenseman in round one. So just, just trust Bill Zito and what he's doing here because everything that he's done as, to this point has not given me a reason to believe to doubt him. And speaking of a move that Bill Zito has done that, that has Florida Panthers fans hopeful is a big major move after the first round of Friday night's entry draft. And that is something I will discuss in the next segment here on Locked on Panthers. Did you know that Built Bar has so many delicious flavors? There's something for everyone. When you talk to a Built Bar fan, they're definitely passionate about their faves. If you don't know the Built Bar flavors, well, you are missing out. There's coconut, cherry barcia, raspberry, mint brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel, strawberry, orange, cookies and cream, and German chocolate. You want to know what my flavor, favorite flavor is of these selections? It's the cookies and cream. What? Cookies and cream, anything, ice cream, goat bars, any anything cookies and cream related. Why not? It's a very obvious choice. If you haven't tried all the flavors, you can get a mixed box and you'll get two of each of the nine flavors. Not only are Built Bar flavors the best tasting, but they're healthy too. Check out the macros. 17 to 18 grams of protein. Calories ranging from 130 to 180. Four to five grams of sugar and only four to five net carbs. Amazing flavors, all tasty and all healthy. There's also the grasshopper cookie flavor which is like the classic Thin Mint cookie. All the flavor without all the sugar with 150 calories, 17 grams of protein, and only five grams of sugar. Order today and you'll get the grasshopper cookie or the raspberry or whatever you like. Built Bar is the official protein bar of the US track and field team. Isn't that great? So go to built.com and use the promo code LOCK15 and you'll get 15% off of your next order. That's promo code LOCK15 over at built.com. So like I teased and spoke about in the previous segment, the Florida Panthers made a big splash. Probably the biggest splash of the draft for the, the, the Panthers' perspective probably wasn't even any of the picks they made in this year's draft. Hey, maybe maybe you never know. Maybe let's see. Maybe these uh, players will end up being all stars and maybe hall of famers, but you can't guarantee that. But the big, but the biggest splash was a player that is very familiar around the NHL, and the Florida Panthers late into the night, around midnight slash one a.m. when news reports were starting to come out from Elliot Friedman and Pierre LeBron were that the Florida Panthers were ready to make a splash for Sam Reinhart of the Buffalo Sabres, the former number two overall pick from the 2014 NHL entry draft. That same draft, we've talked about that draft a lot throughout this season, this past season, because the Florida Panthers acquired Sam Bennett, the fourth overall pick from that same draft along with Aaron Ekblad, just three picks after. But now they get the second pick from that same draft. So the Florida Panthers team right now has three of the top four picks 
on their roster. And Bill Zito is saying, we are going for this. The Florida Panthers in the trade deadline trade for Sam Bennett gave up 2020 second round pick Emil Hyman and a 2022 second for Sam Bennett. In this situation, the Florida Panthers gave up seventh round pick goalie Devin Levi, who played really well at the World Juniors, took over as the main goalie for Team Canada. And this was a pick that was probably if you had to redraft the 2020 draft, Devin Levi is probably not going to go in the seventh round. And Roberto Luongo, like I said, influenced this pick for Devin Levi in the seventh round. And the other asset that the Florida Panthers gave up was a 2022 conditional first round pick, which is top 10 protected. If the Florida Panthers, which would be a disaster, end up being in the top 10 of the NHL entry draft next year, they get to keep that pick. But anything outside of the top 10, that pick will go to the Buffalo Sabres. And if they end up in that top 10, their first round pick will end up being first round automatically unprotected in 2023. So the Florida Panthers in the next draft don't have a pick in either the first or the second round. But when you don't have draft assets in the first or second round, that says one thing, that you are going for the Stanley Cup this upcoming season. So the Florida Panthers on paper now have one of the best top nine units in the league. Based on how Sam Reinhart was able to play this past season with the Buffalo Sabres, especially with Jack Eichel going down, Sam Reinhart stepped up, scored about 18% of the Buffalo Sabres goals this past season. And Sam Reinhart's pace as far as the Sabres, if this was a regular 82-game season, he would have finished with 38 goals last year in a regular 82-game season. Just to put some perspective, if you put that 38-goal pace on the Florida Panthers, as far as single-season records, Sam Reinhart would tie for fourth in single-season goals all-time for the Florida Panthers, tied with Ole Jokinen in the 2005-2006 season. And if you want to know the rest of the list, number three is Ole Jokinen again in 2006-2007 with 39. And one and two are both Pavel Bure in 99-2000 with 58, and then 2000-2001 with 59. So Sam Reinhardt's pace and how he's able to just score it's a good situation for the top six for the Florida Panthers and makes them an even stronger unit. You were anticipating the top six before Sam Reinhart was even traded to the Florida Panthers as Barkoff or Hagee Duclair, and then second line as Huberto, Bennett, and Tippett. Now you have some good problems on the roster. Great problems, actually. You could either put Anthony Duclair on the third line with a possible Anton Lundell, or you could put an Owen Tippett down on the third line with Anton Lundell, or you could put Sam Reinhardt to begin in the top 
line with Barkov. You could put Huberto up in the top line and shift um, Carter Verhage down to the second. You put, could put Carter Verhage on the third. There's so many combinations that you could just put in this top nine overall. So it creates the good problems for this team. And like I said, no first, no seconds next year. So the Florida Panthers are in for 2021-22, where they will be going back to the Atlantic Division. The 82-game schedule is out for the Florida Panthers. And that's something we didn't actually discuss in, in the last episode with David Dork because the schedule wasn't even out at that time. So that is something that the Florida Panthers are going for in the 2021-22 season. And it, it's going to be a grind. There's going to be a lot of a lot of back-to-backs, especially with the Olympic break in between, which will be three weeks. So the, um, the season will be ending a little bit later in April. So as I'm not saying guys are going to take nights off. That, there's no such thing as, as uh, t- taking your foot off the gas. But as far as scoring, it doesn't have to be carried by one guy anymore. It doesn't need to be carried by two guys anymore. There is a fair distribution of talent on this roster. And when it comes to the contract of Sam Reinhart, when I, that's really the first thing I did when I figured out this, this trade at like, at, well, the trade didn't become official until the next morning. However, the rumors of the trade, I was looking at the contract situation and he's an RFA. And as of this recording, uh, to give you an idea, it is 10.59 a.m. on Monday, July 26th. As of right now, I'm looking at this as I'm refreshing my Twitter feed. Today is the deadline to qualify offers for RFAs. And so far for the Florida Panthers, as of this recording, have qualified offers for Noah Jolson and Lucas Carlson. Those are the only ones right now that have been qualified offers as RFAs. If they're not qualified, then they could hit the open market and someone else can pounce on them. Another report that came out earlier is a possible contract extension this offseason. Once July 28th hits for uh, Carter Verhage, who will be an RFA next year. But the Florida Panthers want to get it to put that contract extension possibly now so that they don't even have to worry about Carter Verhage's RFA status next offseason. But we'll worry about that when we get there. We're worried about the RFAs here. And Sam Reinhart spoke about it, that he's not worried about the contract for him and the Florida Panthers. The two sides are talking. We talked about Sam Bennett last week. The two sides are talking. So there is overwhelming confidence that the Florida Panthers will get both Sam Reinhart and Sam Bennett under contract before July 28th comes around and before today is over because today is the last day to qualify offers for upcoming RFAs. So the Florida Panthers are in a great situation. They don't really have an extreme amount of cap space at this moment in time. As of right now, the Florida Panthers have about $11 million in cap space. So honestly, I'm not expecting 
for them to be extremely aggressive towards free agency. I think the mindset for the Florida Panthers is to take care of their own players first before they go out and take bring in other pieces. And I think they're going to maybe like sign one or two guys maybe on the cheap. And we'll discuss that more in tomorrow's episode about who might be out there for the Florida Panthers to bring them in to contribute to this team. So again, great situation that the Florida Panthers are in. The RFA offers are starting to be announced as I'm recording this. So by the time this comes out, there might be a few announcements of RFA qualifying that the Florida Panthers made. But once those qualifying offers may are made, I will discuss those on tomorrow's episode to break down more of what's going on with the Florida Panthers as they are in the pursuit of, like I said, going for it in the 2021-22 season. In the next segment, we're going to talk about something that happened towards the end of the NHL entry draft that might be a little bit of an uncomfortable conversation for many fans. So keep it right here on Locked On Panthers where we'll be discussing about this topic. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Baseball season is in full swing and you can track all the action at Bet Online. Get all the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs, including MLB, NBA, NHL, and all your UFC slash MMA action. Before the next pitch, head over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news. Sign up for bonuses and contests information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore as this is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for their run to the playoffs. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online. Your online sportsbook experts. Use the promo code locked on. So as the draft was going, everybody was excited that each team was getting their set of players. The Detroit Red Wings get Sebastian Casa, goalie, big-time goalie prospect. The Buffalo Sabres get Owen Power. Eklund falls to San Jose at number seven. The Minnesota Wild get Jasper Wallstadt. So it was an exciting time for many young men. But in, and again, like I teased in the previous segment, this is a little bit of an uncomfortable conversation and a very graphic topic. And four days before the draft, draft prospect Logan Mayu was involved in a scandal related to a consensual sex with a woman. The sex was consensual, but the part that wasn't consensual was photos taken of her and then shown to many other people outside of that intimate moment right there. And the humiliation that Mayu brought to this woman for her is something that unfortunately for her and I think of the victim in this situation that something that is could be possibly traumatizing for this person forever and Mayu even said that don't consider even drafting me but the players can't take themselves out of the draft your draft eligible franchises are going to take you the issue was drafted as high as he was based on everything that's going on the talent is there he's great defenseman he can score but the issue is the legal issues the scandal that he 
is involved with and Mark Bergevin. And the story, before we get to Mark Bergevin, the story of the Montreal Canadiens has changed. The narrative has changed based on the great story of them going all the way to the Stanley Cup final. Of course, nobody, uh, not many people thought they had a chance to beat the Tampa Bay Lightning, but the story that it was to get there, the, the, a lot of people I've seen were cheering on the Montreal Canadiens. You would think that a franchise that has the most Stanley Cups in the history of this league not many people would be rooting for them, but many fans were, like myself. But then everything that has happened since the Habs have been eliminated about the whole Carey Price situation, about his injuries, uh, about the severity of it, so that the Seattle Kraken won't take him in the expansion draft. How severe were those? And then this situation with Logan Mayu, it's just, from a PR perspective, the Montreal Canadiens right now are in a very very awful spot for their franchise and they got a lot of work to do and let's not forget that Mark Bergevin was part of the scouting department during the Chicago Blackhawks allegations that that happened in 2010 he was a part of that organization and now he goes ahead and drafts Logan Mayu so as of right now, the look on Mark Bergevin is just not good. And he, it's, I'm starting to think that Mark Bergevin doesn't care. But I will say, as far as second chances, I hope that Logan Mayu cleans up his act. I hope that he is remorseful. He looks remorseful. But at the same time, you can't take away the damage that has been done to the victim because those can possibly live with somebody forever and a selfish act of Logan Mayu can possibly do that to someone and many victims out there are just they just don't recover from something like this and that is just something that we again like I've said in the in an episode a few weeks ago talking about the Blackhawk situation we need to listen to more of the victim's story more often because Sometimes those things are swept under the rug just to save face. And the also another thing that the one of the head of scouting for the Montreal Canadiens, he was asked the question about the pick for Logan Mayu. And he was asked, he was asked to not be drafted, and then you drafted him anyway. Why did you draft him? And David Dwork quote tweeted that same press conference and he counted the seconds of the pause and it was 21 seconds that pause was 21 seconds so it is just they they have no answers for it i i wish i had an answer is i wish i had an answer but i don't work for the montreal canadians front office however the montreal canadians as far as this pick they got a lot of work to do, and Mayu also has a lot of work to do if he ever wants to gain trust of fans, trust of, I mean, I guess the front office trusts them, but the front office has to also do their part in order to gain trust back to the fans because of this pick. And we got to hope that Mayu isn't 
involved in anything like this ever again. And we got to hope that the victim gets the emotional help that they need in a time like this because many times, and she has every right to be anonymous if she wants to, but they also need the resources in order to recover from something like this because there is no excuse to ever exploit that's the best way word I could use exploit someone like this and it was a great night the draft was a great night and then it ended on that really really low note based on the pick for the Montreal Canadiens so and honestly I'm going to put a little bit of, of a plug out there to talk to listen to Locked On Canadians with Laura Saba and Scott Matla to see what they have to say because they cover the team on a day-to-day basis so go and listen to them on what they have to say about this pick I can I can warn you it's not it's not going to be pleasant what they have to say but I I want to challenge you guys not challenge challenge is the wrong word encourage you to listen to what they have to say and what the Montreal Canadiens can go from there and the NHL as a league because again many of the times these things are Wept under the rug as far as to save face, but as far as having these conversations, these are conversations that need to be had more often so that these occurrences do not happen again. Thank you for listening to today's episode of Locked On Panthers. Tomorrow we'll be going over the rest of the NHL entry draft. We will go over more of the possible qualifying offers for the Florida Panthers if they happen and we'll be discussing more of free agency which will be happening on Wednesday July 28th but in the meantime if you like what you're hearing please subscribe to the podcast so you'll be notified every single time the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast hop into your podcast feed don't forget to also subscribe to Locked On NHL and the Crosscheck NHL show with Andrew Berkshire and Mary Clark will be breaking down the whole NHL entry draft landscape, expansion draft, and the upcoming free agency period. And when you're done listening to this episode of Locked On Panthers, make sure you listen today to the episode of Locked On Bets. Betting on the NHL doesn't have to be a guessing game if you listen to the new Locked On Bets podcast, hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling. Get daily picks, blowout specials, wrong team favorite picks, and Lee Sterling's Lock of the Day. Follow the Locked On Bets podcast brought to you by betonline.ag, wherever you get podcasts. Dharma Mondevelez, signing off. And you've been listening to the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. We're your team. Every day. Oh,